0: You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 19. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in and listening today. Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening, thanks for coming over and checking out the podcast. And if you're coming back, well, thanks for coming back. If you enjoy the podcast, man, please head over to iTunes, subscribe there, leave and write a review. I'd appreciate that very, very much. Helps a lot um, when it comes to iTunes ranking. and helps other youth pastors and youth workers find the podcast as well as being really encouraging for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Jody Livingston, and of course over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All the links and all the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode zero one nine. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode zero one nine. Today's guest is Brooklyn Lindsay. I'm really excited for you to listen to today's interview. Man, it is packed with goodness. There's just some good, good stuff in here. We're going to spend some time talking about um, transition, in, in early, especially early on in her ministry, kind of some obstacles that she faced there, uh, as well as something that's kind of around the corner for her that she's been a big, huge project she's been working on now for quite some time. It's getting ready to launch here in the next couple months, how you can kind of get involved with that, how you can be praying for her in that. Just a lot of encouragement, a lot of really, really good, good stuff. I love Brooklyn's Heart for Teens. She absolutely loves people, certainly loves Jesus, and just is passionate about teens, motivating them to ministry, getting them involved and plugged in and serving others, and just helping others live like Jesus and reflect Him to those around them. So, good episode today. Lots of really really good stuff for you in here as you uh, listen, man. You you know, it's it's just ah, just so much good stuff. Before we get to today's interview, though, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, which is audible.com. Head over to Audible, check out their selection of books, over 150,000 books. I use Audible like crazy. Love it, love it, love it. It's one of my favorite resources. Leaders are readers. I've heard that a million times. I think it's true. And Audible really allows me to read much faster as I'm able to listen to books at a much faster pace, especially during the summers when I'm doing camps and mission trips, just a little more traveling, Uh, really helpful there. You can certainly find almost any book you look for and want to to read. So you got that book you've been thinking about, you wanted to read for a while, most likely you can find that book at Audible. And for listeners, the longer haul, they're giving you a free 30-day trial which comes with a free download of any book in their selection. So you can head over to the dot slash audible trial to sign up for your free 30 day trial and download your free book. And with that said, we'll jump in here to today's interview with Brooklyn Lindsay. Well, Hey Brooklyn, thanks for joining us today and coming on to share some on the podcast. I'm, um, I know you're super busy right now, especially during this season. Uh, Some big big stuff around the corner for you. So thanks for taking the time to come on.
1: Sure. I'm excited to get to join you and your listeners today.
0: Um, I want to say this before we start, and we've kind of talked about this previously, but just kind of here, at least in this forum, I just want to say thank you for me personally, because a lot of the podcast, uh, and the, and the longer the blog really came out of a session that I sat in with you, two sessions actually, um, at the simple youth ministry conference a few years ago. And in that just really encouraged to, to really begin writing and to really begin sharing. And so, um, that kind of really got me thinking of, okay, how, what can I do beyond me, expand that influence some. And, and the blog kind of came from that, the podcast out of that. So thanks for for inspiring and giving confidence, um, it was really, really helpful for me.
1: Hey, that is awesome! That is such cool news. I think sometimes as uh, presenters, we find we we find ourselves thinking, "Does this help anyone?" You're Right. <laughs> and and it's always good to hear that someone took something that they heard and made it their own. And it's so cool to see your success and the people that you're going to be able to reach by sharing and writing and doing your podcast. So thank you. Thank you.
0: I appreciate it. It was good. We're moving
1: forward. That's pretty awesome. Congrats.
0: Thank you. And thanks for, again, just thanks. I know there were a lot of folks in those rooms and I'm sure a lot of folks came away from that really and took those things to heart. And, uh, man, it was, it was just really actionable, really helpful. Um, so I appreciate that very much.
1: Uh, I should. I need to keep doing that. I, I haven't given those breakout sessions, in, I don't know. It's been a couple of years, but the ministry of writing is something that's really important to me. So maybe we'll uh, we'll do a little series or something together. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So continue okay. that.
0: <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, okay, so I want to talk. Uh, let's do this before we jump in. How about take just a minute and introduce yourself a little bit about your journey in student ministry uh, up to this point.
1: Absolutely. Well, my name is Brooklyn. That's my first name. My married name is Lindsay, which sounds like a first name. So it's totally okay if you call me Lindsay, but I'll remind you that it's not my name. (laughs) So I get that a lot. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. But totally cool. Um, Just letting everybody know that I'm I've got two first names going on. So um, I started youth ministry in two thousand one. Went to college and studied Christian education, development, birth, all the way up through you know the final stages of life. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with with my life. I just knew that I was called um, to do something in ministry, and I I wasn't sure what and how it would look. So I kind of got one of those degrees that just gives you a little overview of everything and focused on sociology and psychology and um, studied some teaching things and some writing things. It was just kind of like, I took one youth ministry class. It was a games course. So (laughs) all of my youth ministry experience hinges on one games class. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I, I had a lot of fun in that class and I thought, Hey, there might be a future in this. I don't know. So I, I, Graduated and submitted my resume at some in some places where pastors could see it, and ended up getting a job in youth ministry right away. Um, thinking, well, I guess I'll try this out and see what happens. And uh, about fifteen years later, I've been doing the same thing ever since. And it it definitely wasn't the easiest choice. It was fun and exciting, and turned every gear in me. I was wired for it. I think from the beginning. Um, Faced some challenges, moved around a little bit, went from church to church for about every two and a half years until I came to Central Florida. Um, This is my second time in Central Florida, actually, and found a place to do middle school ministry specifically. It was the first time I had kind of honed in on that life phase. So once I started doing that, I just completely fell in love and thought, you know, I'm going, going to do this forever. I'm never going to leave this church. I'm never going to leave these kids. And this, this is it. I have, I've reached the promised land. So, <laughs> so I've been here in Florida and Lakeland for the last eight years. Um, but, um, and, and all the while, my husband is also a pastor and we're navigating this life together and we have two awesome kids. One's eight, one's five. So it's really been fun to figure out how to be in ministry together how to serve together how to be a family together in all these different ways and so over those years I started speaking and writing and just doing some little things on the side and about a year ago I felt very strongly that there was something more um, for me not personally like monetarily but something else that God had prepared me to do and I wasn't sure what it was and really felt a very clear like call from God to give my paycheck back, to give my job back to the church, but to not leave my church. And I didn't know what to do with that. I had no clue. I was totally freaking out. I told one of my best friends and I'm like, how is that possible? How could I ever, you know, leave this beautiful ministry and it's sustainable and wonderful. It's a good place. It's healthy. And how will I do that and feed my family and take care of them at the same time? So we just started praying about it. And uh, about four months later, my whole life changed. So that's kind of where I am today. I'm um, a good year away from all of that, what had happened there. So I don't know if you want to know any of that. But basically, I'm not working at Highland Park Church anymore for a paycheck. I still serve there as a Saturday night campus pastor with my husband um, and I still volunteer for the youth ministry. Um, I want to volunteer there more, but it's been a good year of transition and trying to figure everything out. So, I see me volunteering a lot more next year. And now I am doing something new. So, yeah. maybe we and, can talk to that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I certainly, man, I really want to get to that. I am excited about about that and um, kind of what what's coming. Let me ask you this: as we, one of the things, and I think we talked about this um, recently, even but before this is I, I see so many youth pastors kind of doing kind of what you're you're describing is kind of, they hit this two and a half year, two year, three year mark and, and move, you know, to the next, to the next church. And, and some of that, listen, I'm, by no means am I throwing stones here. Some of that is, is justifiable. And I do think there are certainly reasons to, to move on and leave. But was there something that you saw, like when you look back at that, is there a, was there kind of a pattern that you hit a certain place? You're like, okay, Now moving, or what was that?
1: Yeah, there was totally a pattern. It was called two and a half years. (laughs) Two and a half years, all my tricks are gone. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, I think there's truth to that, though. You know, I think I told somebody a few weeks ago, I said, I think you can do youth ministry for about two and a half years. Um, And I don't think everybody does this, but I think you could do it for two and a half years really without Jesus. I mean, I think you can do enough games. I think you can. You can teach enough lessons. You can, you know, at two and a half years, though, you're kind of at the end of you.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I don't know. I've never been one to kind of like get stuck and repeat and kind of camp out in the same place for a while. So, yeah, some of it was some of my tricks not working anymore. But I think a lot of it boils down to maturity and... Um, I'm not saying that people who have had that pattern are immature. I mean, it's a spiritual maturity to be able to say, even though this isn't feeling so good, I, I'm going to choose it anyway. And that's where, you know, me coming into youth ministry at 20 years old, um, I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't in a place to say, even though this is probably the toughest thing I've ever faced in a job, um, when you have all these expectations, like it's God's calling on your life and you've prepared and you've prayed and you get to that place. And when everyone turns out to be 100% human, you're like, <laughs> yes. what the heck? Like, you know, you're just, it's, it's almost like it catches you completely off guard. And I wish that, you know, when we were in college, we had more classes and more conversations on, on difficult conversations. Like how mm. do you in, recover from a difficult conversation? How do you how do you navigate through some of that stuff without totally losing yourself and losing your mind and being completely crushed in your spirit? I think for me, it was like as soon as we would get to those moments, and, and I'll tell you, some of, the, like you said, some of those moments are justifiable. I should have been crushed when things were, were done to me or, or pushed against me that were not fair. There are unjust things happen in churches and unfortunately we don't talk about it because it makes we don't want to talk about, it. I mean, I don't want to talk about it. I don't wanna sure. like, oh I'm thrilled, the church is failing. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not thrilled. What I, I would be more excited about is us being honest about the fact that that w- that relationships are are difficult and everyone gets to this point where you make a decision, can we continue and push through it, or does it hurt too much? Is there too much at stake? And so for me, there was too much at stake initially in that in that first church. The second church really wasn't um, anything negative going on. It was more so me wanting to start a family and wanting to get paid enough to be able to support one. Right, and I right. think that's a hard thing to say, oh, finances kind of steer my ship right now. Um. And so I think I really was afraid, God, will you be able to take care of me? And so I looked for a position where I could get two things, where I could get a a better salary to support my family. And the second thing was to be able to be in a place where I could experience multi-staff ministry and really grow in my leadership. I wasn't seeing churches looking at me saying, I see a leader in you, let's groom that person. I was seeing, oh, you're a great youth pastor, you're fitting in really well here, which is a good thing, but not necessarily, um, I wanted to be bettered and I wanted to get better. So when I went to a larger church, of about, I don't know, it was maybe 3,000 people or so, 7,000 in Easter. I think um, I got this really great experience, but at the same time, I the, I didn't have the the communication that I needed to be able to get through some serious situations, including having my first child, including communicating what my expectations were and, and vice versa. They they were new at communicating with a woman. And, and now, you know, I feel like there are so many more women in youth ministry and in on stages and preaching in general, but at the time it, I felt really alone. I felt like they didn't know what to do with me, this person who still wanted to work and be a mom. And um, so it was difficult. It was heartbreaking. And um, but but I learned so much from it. And so when I, I landed here in, in Florida, I had different questions during my interview time. And my questions were more like, Can I ask anything? Is it safe? To assume that we're all on a journey, you know, and there were different types of questions that I asked going into it, and I felt very much like this place was a place to be me, to grow, to fail. I wanted to be somewhere where I could really fail, um, mm-hmm. and that be okay, because I wanted to take risks so big that that failure was almost inevitable. And so they were like, "Yeah, sure, we want that for you." And so because that was true, and because they wanted to take care of me in a fair way financially. Um, benefits, all these things, I felt like it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of like an indicator that this is a safe place to remain. And so God God told me, uh, gave me a word. I don't know if it was just because I was reading a book at the time. It was called The Wisdom of Stability by mm-hmm. Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove. It's an incredible book, but I, just a little disclaimer, it will wreck you. <laughs> and in a good way, it will wreck you because I was reading it And you know, like the moment I came to this church that I'm at currently, um, the pastor decided to move. Totally good situation, but I was like, okay, God told me to remain. Don't freak out. Just stay in it. And so every time there was like this weird junction where I could decide to leave or to go, I was choosing to remain in community. Um, I want that for my kids. I want that for me. I want the knowledge that I I can get through this with God's help. Like I don't have to run from the church like I can be the church and um, that was a kind of a light bulb moment for me that the church wasn't the pain and the fear and the hurt in my life that shame was and I had to kind of start over and and really um, embrace my beliefs about Jesus my beliefs about the church And, and even when a feeling would capture me and say and tell me you know Um, you, you don't belong here. You don't fit here. You're a square in a, in a round peg. Like you don't, you shouldn't move on. You should look, you should turn your head. Every time I got an, even a a really great opportunity, God was saying, Hey, look at me, look at me. And so I figured out a way to embrace my own brokenness and to see that brokenness in the church around me and to see how we could grow through it together, even though it has been so painful. (laughs) And so wonderful and terrific. So so here I am, um, in that kind of environment for eight years, thriving, doing great. And then I feel like it's time to replace myself and to stay. and and, and, I, and everything went so smoothly and perfectly. And we hired this wonderful um, young lady that I, I just adore. and she is doing fantastic. But I didn't, um, what I didn't anticipate is how the loss of youth ministry would make me feel. And and then I had to go back to square one again. Okay, what do I believe that shapes how I feel, even when I feel horrible? Because how you feel determines your actions, and your actions have consequences. And so for me, the consequences of feeling like I was nothing without youth ministry, or they never needed me, or you know, just all these negative thoughts and lies— And and even some of the leadership things thinking like, wow, they, you know, they think this, or they think that I was able to kind of say, you know what, this feeling isn't the truth. I believe this, and that changes what, how I respond to the leadership, how I respond to this place, how I choose to remain and not move far away to Timbuktu or somewhere, you know, it's like, so in staying in that, the consequences are that I'm not as anxious. I'm not as stressed. I'm not as Freaking out on the inside. Um, I have told people a couple of times here and there that I have felt like a hundred books were piled up in top, on top of my in my body, like all the way up to my throat, like just completely suffocated by by my own fear and shame, and just and, it, and it's like when you get in that vulnerable place where you don't know what to do, or if you feel like you made the the wrong choice by staying or leaving or Switching up your position in in the organization or wherever you are, it's almost like you panic and it's in that moment of panic that you have to know who you are. And if you don't have people around you reminding you of who you are, and you're not, you know, physically thinking, oh, I need to be in the word, I need to be reminded, or I need some positivity in my life, you can really, like on a dime, just go into that place of despair. And and in that place, you become so vulnerable that other things that happen in life, as they do, pile up the the feeling even more, and and it can really feel a lot like suffocation and and, and sadness, and and that changes how you act and how you interact with other people. So I will say this year has been the best and worst of them all for me, but um, I I definitely want to encourage people where they are and tell them that you know. I, aside from being oppressed and hurt in an unhealthy environment, when you face things in your church or in your organization um, and you feel like there's room and there's a space for conversation, if you feel safe, I feel like there's room to remain. And I I want to encourage people to do that. But I also want to encourage people to go with their gut in some ways when they know that it's time. um, That trust reinforces the belief that God is the one who breaks the cycles in our lives and keeps us strong and protects us. So, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a lot to process. but
0: well, No, I think, okay, was there, there you've us. been there eight years now. Was there, a, I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying that even here, there were those moments and those points of kind of tension and difficulty where sure. in, in, a, this, in maybe yeah. previous situations, you 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 walked away or stepped out and yeah and here it, I I tell people a lot in there are plenty of times in our life where our head and our theology and doctrine have to steer our heart and man our heart is 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 important how we feel is certainly a part of who we are and and, and the lord uses those things but it can also really sabotage us um and so kind of coming back to that center of belief. What is it? Who is who is God in my life? And what, has, what impact has the gospel made? And what is this calling that God has on my life? And so you've transitioned out of that now into a new new place. And that process has been sometime coming, it sounds like as well. And there was some hesitancy there to step away and some, some probably mm-hmm. fear to step into something new. And in the end, that's been extremely rewarding for you, would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say it has been rewarding. I would say it's been a scrub you to the core type of experience, but it has been rewarding. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do something in youth ministry that I have dreamed about since 2001. (laughs) I... I know that dreams are great, but I know that they're even greater when we make the decision to do something about it, like to do it. And um, to me, it's like not a dream if it doesn't cost me anything.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: And so it's like, Oh, this cost, the cost of this was great. It was, I'll tell you, the cost of this was not looking into a kid's eyes every week and seeing Jesus. I miss Je- I miss, seeing teenagers eyeballs like I could see the whole world in them and it always gave me hope sometimes it filled me with with a lot of pain too seeing their pain but it was really what woke me up and got me going every day is that I got to do that and for me I I've, I've always wanted to be involved in global youth ministry it's something that I think more people are starting to talk about but If you read some of my blog posts years ago, I was talking about this thing and just talking about it like it existed, you know, like this thing where we collaborate on a world level and we reach out to each other and we are the church for students all over the world. And, um, yeah, something I was thinking about. And so when I got an opportunity to work on a project that was very similar to that heartbeat, I was thinking, yeah, I want to do this. This is me. Like, this is perfect. But... It means I'm going to maybe have to give up what I think brings me the most life, which is the everyday interaction with a teenager, so oh, so I did it, and I'm not gonna lie like it <laughs> it oh you know you face yourself, you face jealousy, you see other people and and you also face your your whole like. Day. Like, I had this way of living every day, this rule of life. I get up, I do this, I do this Mondays, like this, Tuesdays, like this, Wednesdays, like this. And now I work at my house and I'm faced with my own like ADD situation. (laughs) What do I do? Like, how do I, when there's no accountability, you know, in my home, what do I, how do I get things done? And so I had to kind of start over and begin to manage myself differently and begin again. So I, what I did is I just started doing the work. Um, and, and in that I was finding writer's block. I was finding not, I couldn't think I was like, what am I doing? I'm trying to write, you know, curriculum and create a movement and build a website. None of which I'm, I feel like I was a plus at and, and here God had opened the door for me to do that and to, to start something different and to be, to lead the way. And so it was kind of like, I, I just, put on my diaper again and (laughs) I was making messes everywhere. But thankfully, um, I had such an incredible team of people around me, friends, colleagues, um, just so much support, so much help. And here I am. It's been nine months since I started working with um, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries and Nazarene Youth International. They're two global ministries, one with youth, one with um, like disaster relief and holistic child development, kind of bridging those two things and creating something new. So when I started day one, I had no idea what to to say I was doing because I really didn't know. All I knew was that, they, that I was going to create something new that didn't exist. I was going to create some curriculum that was um, globally minded and that would bridge the gap. So I feel like we really have gone like an entire – like birth process here where nine months are ready to push here <laughs> that's the grossest analogy in the whole world but i i really feel like that when you want to do something new or even if you're if you're staying you're remaining in your church and you choose to do something that's that's bigger than you it's like you get this feeling of almost bliss right before it happens <laughs> right and and then when it does you're like oh my gosh what just happened and how am i going to take care of this so that's kind of where I am right now. I'm kind of in this bliss of like, okay, everything that I dreamed up, it's looking good. And now we're just going to have to pull the trigger. And then once that happens, um, who knows what what will happen in the course of it, of its life. But what I do know, because of what I just shared with you about transition, is that that I am enough and I am because Jesus is. And that's all I need to know and and that's a really hard thing to say on hard days on low days and and I'll like I hope that you know I'm always being honest but some things are more comfortable to share than others but even this week was um was a low low for me and I have to be able to keep accountable and check in with people and say hey this isn't hasn't been the, the greatest week of my life um and they remind me hey you know what you know about you you be you do what you do um, know that everyone is supporting you and that your yes um, doesn't hold the whole world up, but Jesus does. But your yes is important in the kingdom, and so we want you to keep saying yes. So, so getting some people like that in your life is important. Having some safe people to be able to call and just totally lose it with, um, and they love you anyway. That's important. And and just being able to ask yourself the question, you know, and do I still am I still able to give uh, give myself fully where I am and is it safe to do that? And do I have, um, do I have some things in place when things do get rough, um, to hold on to, to remind me of who I am?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think whether it's launching a huge project like you're taking on now, whether it's just transitioning it, I know when we moved here, man, when I was bringing a wife who had always been with her family, from a, a position we'd been at for eight years, four kids who were young at the time, uh, away from everything that they had known, a family, a church family that they'd grown up in. And that was, that was terrifying. There was, it was, I think this will make sense t- to those listening. And, and it, it, it was hard to leave, so hard to leave, but it was, it was easy to, to come If that makes sense, like to be obedient to what God was calling us to and to do, Mm -hmm. to say yes to that was so apparent. There was so much confidence in that, such clear direction. It was easy to say yes to that. Stepping away from where we were was very painful. And in the midst of that, man, God showed his faithfulness, his kindness and his mercy and um, and has just continued to build in that joy into her life and into her ministry, and it's not been without struggle, at all. Um, by no means has it been has it been without struggle, but mm-hmm. it's been so so worth it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't do it differently, for sure. So, mm. so the the project is the big thing it's, here.
1: Yeah, it's called the Justice Movement. Yay! Yay!
0: Hey, the Justice <laughs> Movement, and uh, I've, you've got a landing page there. So yeah. people can go out and see that. And I, I saw, I looked right before again, and you can go in there and put in your email address. So when it launches, they can let you know and yeah. even sign up for prayer updates, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, justicemovement.com. And just so you know what you're signing up for, um, it would you'd be getting an update, I, I'm thinking once a month at this point, what's going on in the movement. And if you want to sign up for the prayer updates, um, we'll have a global prayer team who submits prayer requests from around the world. And those updates will be sent monthly too. So basically, the Justice Movement is a project. You didn't ask what it is, but I'm saying it. I probably That's should okay. tell you, right? Yeah, that would okay. be helpful. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a second. You didn't know it, or didn't ask, so maybe we shouldn't talk about it. It should be a surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> yeah.
0: You yeah, sign I, up I, first and then you find out later. That's out, what this is. and then
1: you win a puppy.
0: <laughs> are you win a puppy.
1: <laughs> a puppy that you didn't want. But no... <laughs> I love I love when I go to places and the sign on the wall says, you know, pay attention to your kids. You know, any unattended child will be giving an espresso and a puppy. Like, that to me is like the epitome of good, good, common, like, social structure. Yeah. Any yeah. child or teenager that's not, you know being taken care of deserves a puppy and a very high octane caffeinated beverage
0: the only thing that's appealing to that to me (laughs) is that you you pump them full of sugar and caffeine that at the end of that there's a really hard crash
1: well yeah exactly i think that's what like restaurant owners and things want they want you to not want the puppy in the coffee so they're like take care of your kids
0: the the dog we would give (laughs) as a birthday gift <laughs> At a, because we've got with four kids, somebody always has a friend with a yeah. birthday party. Yeah. So the the dog, the puppy would be a gift, and the coffee would be probably for my wife. Yeah, the stress up uh, No, it. She needs the, it more the child than me. would
1: probably drink it, and then you would be stuck. So Definitely. I don't, uh, yeah. Sorry, we got off. On no, that's that, okay. But, <laughs> but I mean, if you're looking for a great youth group sign, you know, or you know, hey, small group leaders, take care of your kids, or your whole group will be given yeah. monster drinks. No. Just kidding. Starbucks, Don't do that. real bad idea. Well, okay. So it. the justice movement, what is it? Speaking of Starbucks, you're gonna laugh about what my year has been like. I've been only drinking water for, for I say I keep saying a year, but it's only been since January.
0: That's <laughs> almost a year.
1: So I, I'm at the point where I walk by Starbucks and I am not totally mad. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll tell you a little bit, bit about that in a second, but the justice movement, it's a project that's been created collaboratively through, um, basically I've been leading it and I'm doing it through Nazarene Youth International and Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. And so those are two places. One, um, globally has a Nazarene youth presence. And the other one is about, like I said, holistic child development and our target just, isn't exclusively Nazarene kids, but it's sort of um, it's being born out of their eyes in hopes that teenagers would see themselves as the church mm. um, instead of wanting to circumvent and go around the church um, because of however they feel about the church. We're hoping to help them reimagine it with themselves included. So the primary target audience is global youth, so te- teens and young adults from around the world and youth leaders in Nazarene churches and also um, the, anyone interested in exploring the Christian perspective on biblical justice. So we want families to be involved, moms and dads, um, FCA groups, anybody who would like to explore what does it look like to be Christian and to, to, to pursue justice? Like, what is that? Um, so the key resources that, that I'm working on and hopefully will provide in July they will include a curriculum, um, videos, small group studies, and an event guide. Um, there will be many event guides, but initially there will be one. And as well, there will be the supporting like things that go with that. For example, T-shirts, stickers, posters. Um, the cool part about the justice movement is that none of this stuff will be mailed. There won't, there won't be like this kit that you sign up for and you get it in the mail. Everything that we are preparing is something you can produce on your own. Um and the reason we did this, there are a few reasons. One, we wanna be so careful about how we spend the the funds that come in during the fundraising portion of this. And we don't wanna waste 20, 30% of, of those funds um, sending out things that never get used. So part of it's a stewardship thing. Um, but the main reason is we want everyone in the world to have access and not be able to, you know, get something shipped from the USA. So everything that we create is something that will be a co-impacting source. So if someone in um, Bangladesh or Japan or South America wants to do, be involved in the justice movement and they want to create the curriculum or posters, they would likely use a local printer which is co-impacting and benefiting the community. So we're really excited about that approach and um, everything that we'll provide will be completely free. So it will have social media, um, all sorts of items. And the goal of the justice movement is basically be this broad umbrella that will inspire and equip Christian young people to live out this calling to biblical justice. So we want them to see how their faith um, encourages others. And we want them to see how they are so much a part of the church and how their life is wrapped up in our lives as the church. So this focus on curriculum and discipleship and spiritual formation Kind of comes together for this like holistic approach. Like, how do we teach biblical justice and compassion out of this outflow of our relationship with with God? Um, and then, how do we do something about it? We don't. We don't simply want to just give them ideas. We want them to be able to swim around in it and to do something about it. So, um, so the em- the emphasis really focuses a lot on participation, and we are writing it together with. I met with a group of 234 global teenagers and youth leaders in Costa Rica this January. That's awesome. And we, we sorted all of this out. And I wanted to be nuanced in such a way that you, you, you couldn't tell as much. It's complete, It's so hard to not write like a person from Ohio. But <laughs> uh, with some help, I feel like we've been able to create something that honors every culture around the world, whether you're coming from um, great means or very little, and this was a really difficult thing for, for me to do, and I felt like I was really stuck in a lot of ways. But um, in a lot of ways, it's, it's been liberating to kind of push through and connect. I have six regional leaders around the world who I connect with all the time saying, you know, what does this look like in Europe? What does this look like in, in Australia? What does this look like in Central America? And the hope is that that interaction will create a truly one-of-a-kind global um Opportunity for kids to get involved with. So our hope and like the cry of our heart is that justice would roll down like the waters, like an ever flowing stream, like the prophet Amos was hoping um, in us as the church, not this outside organization, not that those are bad, but that the church would be seen uh, and seen from the world's eyes through youth um, engaging in it. So
0: are there things are there things that you would say, I mean, I'm thinking if I'm listening, you know, to this and regardless of the size of my youth group or the size of my budget or the size, like what, what, what kind of things are really important to help motivate kids to serve and to get involved? Are the things that you say, okay, well, here's one or two things that we've always tried to do?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I think as you see the curriculum, you'll begin to see some of those answers. I feel like um, our, we have so many times and myself included, just kind of camped out on one need and we kind of only expose them to that one need, whether it be a nursing home or hunger or you know you fill in the blank where you tend to camp out where your passion is. and what what ends up happening is, we're not like hitting the affinity of the, the heart of the kid, you know, the passion of the kid. And so, my dream for this is that the justice movement would be a choose your own adventure opportunity where they really can see themselves serving and not just in one, one particular way. Um, so, this is a focus on the global church coming together. And I think where this helps kids serve, it, it ties into their need to do something valuable and worthy. I feel like we need to offer teenagers a worthy dream. Mm-hmm. And something that's worthy isn't easy, um, but it's, it's big and it's visionary. And and I, I think if we communicate that well, um, it becomes so much easier to inspire them to do the next step. So a lot of this begins with the, cur- the curriculum doesn't just dive into a need. It dives into the image of God in a person. It dives into what, went wrong what was right and perfect and good and what went wrong and how do we get involved in the redemption of that so <clears throat> the redemption part is the part we get to walk in together and I think that is the thread that goes through all of this that helps teenagers serve knowing that they're a part of the redemption of of humanity of not our souls mm-hmm. um, but the redemption of, of humanity as it was intended to work together, as it was intended to work with creation, and, and, and also to be a part of the redemption of creation. Like that is a huge thing to get to be a part of. And um, this thing really encourages, you know, this isn't just a weekend event for you to do. This is a lifestyle to walk into. And it encourages them um, to kind of reimagine who they are as architects of hope, as advocates Um, part of, of what we're creating is an opportunity for them to use the thing that they will never lose, Lord willing, like that their voice, they may not have 10 cents, but they have an opportunity to say something and to be something in what they're saying. So I believe, you know, getting students to serve starts with reorienting our whole youth ministry around the fact that it's in our DNA, that it's our birthright and many times we forget that the world has reduced the prophetic voice in a kid to a whisper. They, they've done everything that they can <laughs> to say, you know, what you have to offer is nothing. You're not important. You're not valuable. You're not pretty enough. You're not, you know, your platform isn't enough. Your Instagram account isn't big enough. They're hearing all of these things. in the church, if we begin to say that you are and that Jesus is in you and working in ways that are bigger than all of that, I think that's how we motivate kids to serve, by giving them a worthy dream and, and connecting their passion with an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think we've, I, we've found that story is so important um, for mm-hmm. this generation, especially. They they just, I think in all of us, there's this desperate desire for story. And one of the things we constantly are challenging our students with is, and we say pretty openly, like we're not asking you to come be part of a youth group. If you want to be part of a youth group, there's tons of those we're really asking you to come and be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. We want you to do something that you can't do on your own, that, that that God is going to step in. We pray and beg that God steps into your life and just wrecks you for his, for his goodness and his purposes. And out of that uses you to do things that you would never have dreamed or imagined for yourself. And, Mm -hmm. uh, just really trying to be intentional to build a heart for the nations and, and for the lost and for those around you. Like we read throughout the gospels. I think it, Mark four, Mark six. There, the feeding of four thousand, feeding of five thousand. It says Jesus looked around and he he saw the people and he had compassion on them. And one of the things that we that I think we struggle with is in our culture we just don't see the people. We're we're too busy, um, and so slow down and and see that. And then we get to Mark nine, Mark chapter nine. The, the dad there after right after the Mount Transfiguration. There's a dad that comes running with his son who's. Uh, who's possessed there, and, and there's this turmoil. Jesus walks down in the midst of this and tries to make sense of it all, and the dad comes forward and says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And you just see this thread of compassion running through the gospel of Mark that I think the church is often lacking in our in yeah. approach to others.
1: Can I add something to what you just said? You Absolutely. Said, you said know, that, it, that it just wrecks you, and I think for a teenager— Especially a younger teenager, but I think it applies to both middle school and high school. Um, yes, I think that like the gospel, it wrecks you. But I think we have to be careful too um, during this time, this phase developmentally, because they are wrecked. Yeah, um, they have they're experiencing crisis on top of crisis because adolescence is a crisis. <laughs> right. And so for us to say, you know, this is going to wreck you, I used to say that, and and I I, I think I still like it, but I. I kind of pause because what I want to say with this movement is that Luke 4, when Jesus comes and he gives his first public sermon, his message, and he says, he comes into the temple and he says, you know, give me the scroll. I'm going to read why I'm here. And he says, you know, I have come and he quotes Isaiah, you know, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I've come to release the captives and um, relieve sight to the blind and, set the oppressed free. I'm not sure if that's how it goes exactly, but he's saying like, this is why I'm here. And I think that's a lot for a teenager to think about, whoa, that's why Jesus is here. That's what I have to do. And they just feel this pressure on top of pressure. And so what I want to begin with is this, Jesus comes to break the cycles in a person's life. He doesn't come as a Band-Aid for your brokenness. He comes to break the cycle. And I want to say that to students before they even put their finger into an area to serve. I want to say to them, Jesus breaks your cycle, and all you have to do is say, I need you. I want you. Nothing else in my life will do. I just need you. I need to call out to you and call out to you continuously because that calling out and that focus will help me do these things that I feel called to do continuously Otherwise, we have burnout or it's just a thing. It's just another weekend where we talk about water or what have you. So for me, I feel like we really need to go to the student's heart and fight for it first yeah. because there's that struggle and sin is there. And and, and sometimes they've been free. They, they know Jesus, but they're oppressed by something or they're being abused or they're in poverty themselves. And so to say, yeah, you need to kind of step out of that poverty and and wreck yourself by doing this is is kind of the craziest thing in the whole world in my mind to offer to a teenager. <laughs> right. What I think. What I think we forget is is just kind of getting in their world and and saying, I'm for you, and yeah. and Jesus loves you, and He came to do all of this for the world, but He came to do it for you. And knowing that changes everything. So um, that's why I, I feel so passionate about all of this and. Um, my hope is that the justice movement will offer something for, for every student whose heart is on fire and excited and full of gratefulness for what God's done. So what we'll have is we'll have these do justice weekends that they can choose from, DJ weekends. I'm hoping they're the most exciting DJ-led fun parties that you can ever imagine because what we want to celebrate is the hope, yeah. the prophetic imagination. We want to celebrate that every small step every move makes a difference so whether you do something really small or something really big it's a part of the kingdom it's a part of what god's doing and so initially the first dj weekend will be called just water weekend and that's why i'm drinking just water this year because one of the options is for you to drink only water for the week of your weekend so it'd be like 7 days or 40 days prior to or for an entire year which is totally insane but if i'm going to ask a kid to do it then I would be insane to not say I haven't tried it or um, I've done it myself. And in fact, my, one of the kids in my youth groups did this and she really inspired me to, to try it. So, so we're going to do that and all of the stuff to do Just, just Water Weekends will be available for free um, for people to use. And so I'm just excited for young people to, to want to see a world where justice and compassion can be practiced daily while they're still figuring it out. Like, right. I want them to feel like I don't have to figure all this out to get started. Like, it doesn't matter when you start. It just matters that you do. So today might not be the day. Today might be the day when your girlfriend just broke up with you and your whole world is completely rocked. Okay, today might not be the best day, but tomorrow.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know,
1: but tomorrow is good and the next day is good. And maybe you start and you don't do so well and you stop. It's okay to start again. Yeah. I think that, that grace is, is a great place to live and and they have a role to play, and I just I want that to be the clarion call of this movement. Um, so it's more than a fad, it's more than an ideal. It's really our hope that teenagers will create something within the church, but the whole world looks around and says, "The church is the greatest movement of justice on the planet, hands down, yeah, the greatest movement of compassion on the planet. That the image of God is seen in in this. We don't know who God is, but they look the, like the closest thing that we've ever seen, and so I I'm excited about that. I'm I'm really excited about this like one weekend that will. I already have there's there's going to be a launch in um in Mexico this summer, um then in Indonesia, I'll be launching again in Brazil in 2016 and also in Africa, and I just feel like. There's so many teenagers already, like, freaking out, drinking only water. They know it's coming. They're so excited. We have a closed Facebook group. We talk all the time. And I feel like, no, it's not Charity Water. They're doing incredible things in the world. Thank God for Charity Water. Um, No, we are not a lot of other things. But what we want to be is the church. And that, to me, is, like, my life dream, that I get to be that and I get to spend every day thanking God for the thing that changed my life. The church really introduced me to Jesus. So so that's kind of what we're all about. And and I hope it helps people. No, I hope I think it helps it's great. leaders and students alike.
0: I think we, you know, as youth pastors, youth workers, we all recognize the potential in students' lives and teens' lives. And even looking back throughout church history, that there's never been a great awakening, great movement in the church that didn't start in and the young people that we serve, that the age bracket that we're pouring in and investing in, and so I think as we hold out Jesus to these kids and we call them to mercy, we call them to grace, we show them, you know, the potential there that, and steer them to opportunities and mm-hmm. expose them to to the world outside of their their little box, and encourage them along the way, and pour in and invest, and we hope for them when they don't have hope until they can find it. I think. All of those things, God steps in and does something really, really big. So I'm excited for you. I know it's a huge project, and the work is certainly not over. Yeah. Um,
1: so. I want to I just explain something really quick on the website. When it launches, there will be a top navigation button where the entire site can switch. Um, so our, we're going to focus on five languages initially. We're going to have Korean, Portuguese, French, English, and Spanish. So every resource will be available completely in its entirety, the whole package. So the, from the downloads to the posters to the logos, everything will be translated and also checked with people from those places. And so
0: You know all those languages. That's amazing. <laughs> that.
1: Yeah. You don't, you don't know how many Skype calls I've been on and I'm just like, I know nothing. I feel like I know less every single day, every call I make. I'm just like, I, I should have been taking language classes every single day for the last 20 years. So since I'm never going to catch up, it's nice knowing people in those places. And also, just something to look forward to. Just Water will begin this summer and within that do justice category, we'll be adding things like just freedom, just dignity. um, Issues like that kids want to talk about. um, Even we'll have some things there. So in the just freedom category, there will be resources for people to use um, to engage in Fighting human trafficking. Um, also, in Just Dignity, there are some some cool pieces for youth groups to get involved in, um, helping churches and in communities that have been affected um, by the Ebola outbreak. So, as life happens, it's kind of cool that the the movement will change as things happen. Um, the earthquake that was most recent in Nepal. Um, you know the the beautiful stories that have been coming out of that. You'll begin to see. And and you'll also begin to see in the movement the way we've structured the fundraising. Every team, every student, every parent, every kid, anybody who wants to get involved can create their own fundraising team. And then within that area, they can each have their own page where they'll blog about their experiences and they'll do their own you know efforts and fundraising and such. And from there, we'll really curate stories and be able to tell like what is happening around the movement. And so our blog is going to be the stories of the movement around the world and all That's the things awesome. that are happening. So I, I know it's not live and you can't really see a whole lot right now, but
0: it's in July, coming.
1: yeah, it's coming. And if you have questions or ideas, you know, I would love to hear them. I'm so excited to be a part of a team of people. We're starting something called the student justice conference with, um, it's being led by the youth cartel we were supposed to do it this summer, but we are kind of getting close to time, so we ended up moving it to next summer. But the Youth Cartel is partnering with the International Justice Mission, um, with myself and our organization Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, with um, Plant with a Purpose, with um, World Vision. So we're all on like the, in this cool group that like we're really cheering for each other and wanting kids to know what justice is and be able to walk with them and so the student justice conference that's going to be something cool you can offer to your kids next july 2016 and the website's already up and you can check that out um you can just google it the student justice conference at point loma nazarene university beautiful beautiful campus and um, you know, I'm going to be staying a couple extra days while I'm there. <laughs>
0: <What>? No way. <laughs>
1: what? Yeah.
0: So, if it's folks want to find you, obviously, thejusticemovement.com, they can go there. Certainly need to go there and put in their information so they get the updates and as sure. they come out and when it launches in July um, on Twitter.
1: Yeah, @BrooklynLindsay.
0: at Brooklyn Lindsay. Same LinkedIn.
1: Instagram, all that, Snapchat, Rapchat, you name it. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're everywhere. No.
0: And, uh, and then the Just at, it's at is it at the just move or what is it on yes. Twitter?
1: Yes, Twitter and um, Instagram is at the just move. Okay. Um, and my website is brooklynlindsay.com. So you'll also be able to connect with the justice movement through my website once it goes live.
0: Awesome. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well. A resource before you go I know you mentioned earlier a book.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, are- I wanted to share a resource that I was able to collaborate on, it's been my favorite. Um, of the ones I've been able to write it's called the kingdom experiment and if you want to go to brooklynlindsay.com and go to my store you can see it there or you can just search for it um, it was a book that I read I saw it was it was by this new publisher called house studio and it was this awesome experiment in the Beatitudes. so basically you can go with your youth group and you walk through every beatitude and you do these experiments all week long And it was so much fun that I was like, can I translate this for youth groups? And they said, yes, definitely. So I wrote a book called The Kingdom Experiment Youth Edition and created some downloads that you could use to preach about it and use it as a tool resource in your youth ministry. So that's one of my favorite things that I've I've had the opportunity to work on. And and even recently, if you're a middle school person, uh, we just launched – Elle Campbell has been leading the way over at Orange. We launched the XP3 middle school curriculum last, I think it was two weeks ago, at Orange Conference. And it's free right now for limited time. So, if anybody wants to check out the curriculum we've been writing specifically for middle schoolers, you can get it now for free. So.
0: Cool. Awesome. I'll put both links of, in the show notes there for yeah. that. and I know you're super busy. You're all over the world. You're like a global, you know, traveler now and fluent in at least five languages, it sounds like. <laughs> no. I'm
1: not. I'm not. I'm I'm Brooklyn. I'm me. I wanna say, you know, I, I spend a lot of time still at home just chilling with my fam, my kids and my husband and God has been good. And I just pray that you would keep me in your prayers. Um I I know what it's like to be in the trenches and I feel like I'm I'm still right there with you, so Let's keep each other in prayer for, for sure because yeah. we need it.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, before I go, Lizzie, okay. who's my youngest daughter, uh, would kill me if I didn't say thank you for the lemur she, when we came out <laughs> a couple months ago there and met with you. I
1: and every podcast, which I've only been on like a handful, we yeah. end up talking about monkeys and lemurs. Yeah. Why?
0: She's a big okay. lemur fan and you thank had one. Lizzie,
1: right? L-I-Z-Z-Y? Yeah. Okay, Lizzie, I just want to tell you, if... If you like lemurs um, and you love them, then you should ask your dad to go and see one because the, their hands are the softest things I've ever felt. They're like a baby's bottom. That, the hands of a lemur, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Like tiny children's hands.
0: See, now I have to go find a lemur <laughs> that I can legally touch.
1: Well, and you because I, I was on a stage speaking, and your daughter was in the audience, and I was I had a lemur on my back, which is always funny. But I I love moments like that, and just tell her I, I'm her fan because she liked that moment. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it was super cool. So thanks. <laughs> find a hey,
1: lemur and love it.
0: <laughs> thanks for coming on and for sharing your heart. We'll definitely uh, be checking out and keeping up with the justice movement as things launch there, and we'll maybe we'll have you back on later down the road once it's up and going too.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the party, the party part. I'm going to figure out how to have the world's best party. Let's do it. ministry. Okay. Everybody loves parties. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time.
1: You're welcome. Bye, friends.
0: And there you have it. Great interview with Brooklyn Lindsay, just packed full of really, really good stuff. I love to hear her heart for teens and for Jesus and for others. Super excited about what she's got coming on, coming up here with the justice movement. It has been a Long time coming for her. She's really been working on this pretty hard for a while, I know. So head over to thejusticemovement.com and sign up there for uh, the updates so that when it launches, you'll be one of the first ones to know that it's coming. Also, check out her website there at brooklynlindsay.com. Tons of resources on there. Great, great books. All the resources that we've mentioned in this episode, I will have in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode zero. One, 9. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, again, head over to iTunes and subscribe there, write and leave a review. I'd appreciate that very, very much. And with that said, that pretty much wraps this one up. We'll see you again next week in next week's episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.